Welcome to Classic Comedy of Old Time Radio. I'm your host, Ron Ecklebarger. Here we go with the Bob Hope Show. This is episode number 450 of the Bob Hope Show, which originally aired on March 21st, 1950. Here now is Bob Hope with his special guest, Bing Crosby. Lever Brothers, makers of Lux Toilet Soap, the screen star's own beauty soap, Spry, and other fine products, bring you the Bob Hope Show. It's the Bob Hope Show with Doris Day, Jack Kirkwood, Irene Ryan, yours truly, High Everback, Les Brown, and his band of renown, our special guest, Bing Crosby. And here he is, the mascot of the Cleveland Indians, the great white nose, Bob Hope! <laughs> Thank you, Indians. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is Bob back in Hollywood on the first day of Spring Hope, telling you all that long last spring is here, the romantic season we all hold dear, when a young man's fancy turns to what Alvin Barkley's been thinking about all year. <laughs> no. Yes, sir, it's great to be back in Los Angeles. Mayor Barn was at the airport to greet me. He gave me the airwork to the city. Paramount had a bunch of big shots waiting for my plane, but they all missed. <laughs> when I arrived back, I heard three bands playing and saw 15 giant searchlights. I said, in my honor, a guy said, no, they just opened a salami counter in the Rexall drugstore. <laughs> I've been playing in Vaud over the last three weeks, and the audiences were wonderful. I won't say how they received me, but after the first show, I took out insurance with Prudential. <laughs> after the second show, Prudential took out insurance with Metropolitan. <laughs> But I don't mind traveling. I've done a lot of flying. I don't think there's a seat on United Airlines I haven't been under. <laughs> when we took off from New York, the stewardess bellied me into my seat. I still don't know what it was that I said to her. But it was a great trip. That sort of sneaks up on you, doesn't it? And you hate yourself for staying there. We had a wonderful trip. Les Brown's boys really loved to fly. You should have seen him arriving at the airport and climbing to 15,000 feet, and Les calling him back to wait for the plane. <laughs> you know, when you... Thank you. I think I'll work this way for a while. <laughs> you know, when you travel with a band, you find out what a great union the musicians have. Instead of an airline hostess, we had Petrillo in a tight skirt. Les Brown is looking for a new tuba player. The old one was used to traveling by bus and got out to stretch his legs over Syracuse. <laughs> and we almost lost Eddie, the sax player over Ohio. A flying saucer went by and he leaned out of the window and tried to drink out of it. It was so smoky inside the plane, an eagle flew along for 300 miles looking in a window. He thought it was television. He wanted an introduction to Frankie Lane's Wild Goose. <laughs> well, it was a real great trip, and the band treated me like I was one of them. They even let me play a game with them on the plane, Blind Man's Bluff with the door open. <laughs> you know, the Cleveland Indians are here in the audience tonight to see the show, and it's, uh, we certainly want to welcome them. It's nice to see you, boys. You know, the boys are in town for spring training. That means no drinking, no smoking, and no girls. Look at their condition. Digger Odell's been following them with a basket for three days. <laughs> The Indians are a wealthy team, you know. They don't lay off during the winter. They run around the country yelling, Pontiac, fine car. (laughs) 
But the boys look good to me. These boys have taken off so much weight in spring training. Yesterday, Boudreaux slid into third, and his uniform was just rounding second. <laughs> but I love baseball. Where else could you find 18 men running around in a diamond except in Ali Khan's house? I think they'll have a big season. And this year, I had a plan where Cleveland couldn't lose a single ball game. But Happy Chandler said I couldn't take a gun into the bleachers. <laughs> Thank you very much. You know, Hi, I think dress-up parties are so much fun. Well, Doris, a man always thinks formal dress is too much trouble, but then it is nice to see the ladies looking their prettiest. You should have been at the party I went to the other night. So many lovely gowns, most of them off the shoulder. Well, as an interested bystander, Doris, I'm for that. Women are dressing up more now for dinner, theater, and dancing. So a girl should be extra grateful for the beauty care that keeps arms and shoulders looking soft and smooth. By that, you mean the soap-lovely screen stars like yourself depend on. Of course. I'm thinking of that new bath-size Lux Toilet Soap. A Lux Soap beauty bath always helps you look and feel your best for a gala evening. The rich, creamy lather leaves skin beautifully fresh. Perfumed, too, with a delicate fragrance. Well, that new bath-size cake pleases lovely women everywhere. It makes a wonderfully relaxing, refreshing bath. No wonder it's such a hit in Hollywood. It makes you sure of all-over Lux loveliness, that's why. Leaves arms and shoulders feeling smooth as velvet. There's nothing like a Lux soap bath for a quick beauty pickup. Busy women will welcome that tip from you, Doris. Just let me add that the new bath size Lux toilet soap is being featured at your store now. So if you haven't already tried this new, longer-lasting bath cake, put it on your shopping list. Remember, nine out of ten screen stars use Lux toilet soap. Keystone movies, Coogan and Chaplin Made you laugh and then cry Test my memory, my dearie Do you recall when Gilda Gray did the shimmy shake? And that was the start of the Frisco quake Dearie, life was cheery In the good old days gone by Do you remember? If you remember Well, dearie, you're much older than I our 50th wedding anniversary. How are you feeling? Oh, I don't know, Ma. I can't kick. <laughs> well, why not? At my age, my leg's liable to fall off. Well, you ain't as hurt as you were back around 1910. You're right, Ma. Back in them days, I was a high flyer. Eh? I said I was a high flyer. Yeah. But about five years ago, one of your motors conked out. <laughs> well, don't forget, I've been bucking a headwind. Golly Moses, Paul. I never thought I'd wind up marrying you. Yeah, it sure was a long time ago. Dearie, do you remember when most gents owned a pair of spats, wing collars and derby hats? Well, I'm all set for meeting the cutie. One of them ought to come by this corner any minute. I think I'll take off my chicken inspector badge and put on that new one. <laughs> Says, squeeze me, kid, I'm a lemon. No, maybe I better wear the other one. It's jazzier. It says, they call me Kid Pepper. You can't shake me. 
150 euclid stuff. There comes a little cubie now, now. Hi there, chicken. Where'd you get those goo-goo eyes? Well, aren't you the fresh one? But where have you been all my life? Where have I been? I'm like the fat lady who took off her girdle. I've been all over the place. <laughs> of a dandy for me. Skip the gutter, kid. <laughs> Wait a minute. Come back, dag nabbit. I sure wish I knew what was wrong with me and the girls. What I need is somebody to talk to who could give, give me some advice. Excuse me, boy. My name is Beatrice Fairfax. <laughs> what do you want? I noticed that chickens give you the go-by, and I'm going to help you. I'm selling a perfume here that really gets the dames. Is it powerful? Powerful. You've heard of one called Conflict, and then there's one named Surrender, another one called I Give In. Yes. This one's called Hello, Operator, Get the Police. <laughs> Will it attract women to me? Like a bear is attracted to honey. I use it myself. Well, did you get lots of girls? No, but I met a beautiful grizzly. <laughs> Just put that in your pocket, boy. That'll be one dollar. You got any more money? Yep. Then here's something else you'll need. It's a book called What Every Young Man Should Know. What Every Young Man Should Know. Yeah, that'll be a dollar and a half. And here's another book you ought to have. It's called What Every Young Girl Should Know. Well, why do I need that? If you're going to ask the question, you ought to know the answers. <laughs> Hiya, Dory. Here I am again. Say, you're dressed pretty snappy. What's that hanging down from your straw hat? A string, so I won't lose it. And I got another string running down my sleeves to my mittens, and another string running down my pant legs to my shoes. Gee, it must make you feel like a jumping jack. Yeah, yesterday I tipped my hat to a lady and shinnied up a telephone pole. <laughs> well, Robert, you might as well come in. Are we going to get cuddly tonight, or is your mother home? She's here, but I don't think she'll bother. Dollar? Who's that just came in the front door? It's Robert. Did he bring his bicycle in the front room like he did last time? No, he didn't bring his bicycle in the front room. Hurry up, Dory. Give me a kiss before she comes in. <laughs> he did, too. I can hear one of the tires leaking. <laughs> Oh, Mother. Well, I want to talk to Robert. Now, see here, young man. You've been sparking with my daughter for two years. Well, what about it? Well, your prospects aren't any too good. Doris could be going with a banker, and she knows an architect who just built a big, expensive building. What kind of a job is it that you've got? In a bakery draining jelly out of yesterday's donut. <laughs> I also fanned the hot bread. <laughs> I give loyalty tests to the Russian ride. Hmm. Yes. Well, look. I don't... I don't have much time to spend with Dory, and I just... Wouldn't... Well, don't you fret about me, Robert. I've decided that you're a boy who can be trusted. So tonight I'm going to let you sit on the couch with the lights turned down real low. Gee, that's swell. Do you mean it, Honest? Yes, and if you behave yourself, tomorrow night I'll let Doris stay in the room with you. <laughs> when we 
to the Susie band. My, wasn't the music grand. Chowder parties down by the seashore. Every 4th of July. Robert, this is the last time I'm coming to Coney Island with you. You've just been sitting here on the beach ogling all the girls in bathing suits. I have not. You have, too. All afternoon, your eyeballs have been going in and out with the tide. <laughs> so boy, these 1914 bathing suits are pretty saucy. Well, men's suits are, too. Look how daring yours is. The sleeves only come down to your elbows. <laughs> and I can see right through those buttonholes in your leather leggings. <laughs> pretty handy in the water. The back end opens up into a lobster trap. <laughs> well, you got to admit you're going to marry a he-man. How do you like the hair on my chest? Oh, gee, it's swell. I would have had more than one, but I ran out of Vigoro. <laughs> Wonderful being married, Robert, and I'm so happy for our anniversary. You gave me this model T sport. Yeah. Wait till I slip into my raccoon coat. My beaver tail with a hat, and we'll take a joyride over to the dance. First, it'll have to be cranked. Didn't work that time. Have to try it again. Well, I guess it needs more cranking. Now, Robert, don't you get all tired out for the dance. Now, don't worry about me. Just keep cranking. <laughs> Some bus, huh? We never did get the flivver started that night, did we? Come here, you little rascal. Give me a kiss. Oh, now, don't you be kittenish, Paul. It's getting so it isn't any fun to kiss you anymore. It ain't? No. The last time the clothespin fell off and your pucker collapsed. You ain't sorry you married me, Ma, are you? No, Robert. I've been happy every minute of the time. It's just been one long honeymoon. I was just thinking the other day. Here you are, 78 years old, but you've got the whip and the pep of an 18-year-old boy. Yes. You've got the pep of an 18-year-old boy? Yes, why? I'm a scout for the Cleveland Indians. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest tonight needs no introduction. When you hear his theme song, you'll all know who he is. Theme song, please. Here he is, Bing Crosby. Like a lovely tune Beware My foolish heart How white The ever constant moon Take care My foolish heart There's a line Between love And fascination that's hard to see 
on an evening such as this, where they both give the very same sensation when you're lost in the magic of a kiss. Her lips are much too close to mine. Beware. Foolish Heart, sung by the sound effects man on the Gary Crosby show. What's this? <laughs> well, I, haven't, I haven't seen you lately, Robert. How come you haven't been out to the house? Hmm? Oh, I've been on tour. But tell me, how are things over at Boys Town? Fine. <laughs> Say, now that you mention it, I do recall reading about you at the New York Paramount. They tell me that you cut, mowed, and stacked all the happy green stuff on Broadway. <laughs> oh, don't <laughs> knock my racket, kid. I have to work for a living. My family doesn't support me. <laughs> I must tell you, Hydrogen Head, I read about you breaking. All those records. I'll tell him when he got all those records you broke at the New York Paramount. You were a smash. You must come back loaded with loot. How I, much have I, we got? I, I'm empty. After taxes, I didn't even have enough left to pay my bill at the Waldorf Astoria. You did? Well, what did you do? I'm going to have to work it off. You mean? Yes, you're looking at the head flower girl for Elizabeth Taylor's wedding. <laughs> I want to be the page boy. You must have had a pretty rough time on March 15th yourself, Gramps. Tell me, how'd you feel when you saw your income tax bill? I felt like President Truman when that boat started rocking. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me something, though, Flaxid. Uh, Where did you... uh... (laughs) Flaxid, I'll be back. I want to look that up. (laughs) Go away. Come back here. Tell me, where did you assemble all the energy? eh? The energy enough to do those six shows a day for two weeks, and Mm -hmm. then you... You fly around the country doing one-night stands after that. Well, after all, some of us are not quite as old as some others I could mention. (laughs) Who are much older than some of us, aren't you? (laughs) You're falling apart, Dad. You're going going to pot. Just look at that stomach. What do you do, buy him by the carton? (laughs) Well, since you've turned the conversation physique-wise, there's something about yours that puzzles me. What is it? Are those your hips, or are you carrying a lovely bunch of coconuts? You You're getting ready for the palladium. Should we stop these Chiron capers? Okay. You know, you're pretty, uh, you're pretty frisky tonight, oh, Dad. I'm gay tonight. What happened? Did you stop off at Thrifty's for a double Lydia Pinkham? <laughs> Only 
run to a customer. <laughs> Two straws. Anything exciting happened while I was away? Exciting? Well, my new picture just came out. I know, I saw it. And there's one thing I'm curious about. What's that? Wasn't that an unusual name they gave you, Francis? <laughs> well, now, see here. See here, Sagmop. Francis is that picture about the talking mule. Oh, I'm sorry. The ears fooled me. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize to Francis. Actually, friend, I haven't been around Paramount too much myself lately. After I finished Riding High, which incidentally has its world premiere April 1st at Front Royal Virginia. <laughs> Take your time. We're, we're not going to... <laughs> well, right after I finished that picture, Doc Stevens hit me with that shiver here, you know. <laughs> he did, really? Say, incidentally, it was very nice of you to pay me the visit in the hospital. I appreciate it. We had laughs that day, didn't I'll we? I'll never forget it if I live to be a hundred. Again. But really... <laughs> I'm glad your operation went okay and they got through your money belt, Dad. I really am. <laughs> Seven I'm layers. Flash. <laughs> Still has the big bills. Go ahead. Everything was fine. It was just fine. Of course, I did have a bit of trouble when they first wheeled me into the hospital. What do you mean? Well, the nurses saw the name Crosby and automatically they rushed me to the maternity ward. <laughs> well, I'll never forget that afternoon I came to visit you. Pardon me, nurse. My name is Bob Hope. Oh, yes. Plastic surgery is right down the hall. What do you mean, too late? Stop pushing me, nurse. Stop pushing. I'm here on a visit. I'd like to see Bing Crosby. Crosby? What does he look like? Well, he's got a light complexion, blue eyes. What color is his hair? Skin. I... Uh... <laughs> I'm sure you know him. He's the crooner. You'll find him in room 17. It's down the hall. Oh, thanks. Here's the thing, room. I'll go right in. 9,781, 9,782. Bing, put away your wallet. Playtime is over. got a visitor. Uh-huh. Boy, did I have a tough time finding you. You, you had oh, an appendectomy, oh, huh? Yes, uh, well, what are you doing here in the tonsil ward? Well, it's very simple. I had my appendix transcribed for release at a more convenient place. <laughs> That's my boy. <laughs> Put his honeymoon on tape so it wouldn't interfere with the fishing season. Yes. <laughs> Bing, I'd never believe you just had an operation. You look like a million. Who showed you the bill? <laughs> Well, you look great, boy. Tell me, what did you do with your appendix? Well, you know, Everett had his appendix taken out at the same time. What does that mean? Well, now you know what you're going to get next Christmas. You mean... Yeah, bookend. <laughs> with a fringe on yeah. But you brought me a gift, Robert. You shouldn't have brought me this. What did thing you do? I had to, after all, you're not Oh, and sick such a big package, too. Wheel it in, Oh, man. I can't wait to open this. Yeah. I'm going to unwrap it right now. You sound like Burl. You sound like Burl's yeah. <laughs> mother. Wheel it in. Where's it? Bring in my package for him. You're going to unwrap it right now. Yes. Do it right all in front right. of me. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, well, just what I needed. A new golf tee. <laughs> Don't look so disappointed. It's not just an ordinary tea. It's the one they stand Mickey Rooney on during his love scene. <laughs> Say, well, you don't look too comfortable, Flap. Can I do anything for you? Oh, yeah. I wonder if you could help me sit up and crank up the bed, huh? Oh, sure. Then. There you are. Now I'll crank up the bed. <laughs> uh, 
tell me, please. How, no, how was not. the operation? Well, everything went fine until I needed a transfusion. Had a little trouble then because I could only find one guy in town with my type of blood. Well, who was it? Frank Sinatra. <laughs> Well, how did it work oh, out? Oh, it was murder. It was awful. When they hooked us up together, Frankie's veins sucked two quarts out of mine. <laughs> I was a patient. He laid down, I got up and went home. That must be solid acidophilus. <laughs> think, think, how about it? I've been here five minutes and you haven't shown me your operation yet. Come on, kid, unveil it. Now look out. Look oh, out. come on. Oh, no, come no. on. I'll see it. You're wrinkling my nighty. <laughs> oh, come on. Okay. Hold still. Oh. Let me see there. Wow! What's the matter? Argyle stitches. <laughs> I didn't want to look like a tramp in my bare midriff bathing suit. But <laughs> well, I want to thank you again for coming to see me, Bob. I only wish you'd told me you were going to be here. Why? It's simple, Charlie. If I knew you were coming, I'd have baked the cake. Baked the cake? Baked the cake. Baked the cake. cake. If I knew you were coming, I'd have baked the cake. How'd you do? How'd you do? How'd you do? Had you drop me a letter, I'd have had a band, the grandest band that I could find in the land. Had I dropped you a letter, you'd have hired a band. Les Brown's band. Just read the welcome mat for you. I don't know where you came from, because I don't know where you've been. That's real nice. Well, look, young man with a horn, I want to tell you it was nice of you to come to see me. And I want to thank you for that gift that you sent me before my operation. Oh, it was nothing. But what am I supposed to do with a pink satin bed jacket? Well, my sister wore it, and she had a baby girl. I thought maybe to bring you the same luck. <laughs> if I knew you were coming, I'd have baked the cake. I'd have banned. Goodness, Goodness sake, if I knew you were coming, I'd have baked the cake. How'd you do? How'd you do? How'd you do? Oh, thanks for the memory of this month that's set aside. <laughs> thanks to Bing Crosby, the Pittsburgh Pirates musical rookie of the year, the year 1492. <laughs> As usual, large, you batted a thousand percent tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, we had a thrilling week flying United Airlines style on the, on the way back home from the New York Paramount. We did shows in Syracuse, Cincinnati, Owensboro, St. Louis, Kansas City, and Denver with that wonderful DC-6. And brother, what warm-hearted people and what cold-hearted weather. Believe me, I've never seen so much snow. We flew to Kansas City, but it was snowing so hard that our pilot couldn't find it with a Geiger counter. Mr. Ed Kesey and Claire Jarvis and Sam Moore up there, so we landed in the lake of Kansas in the Navy field. And the Navy took care of us, thanks to you folks in Latha. Last night we did a show in beautiful Denver, and I really mean beautiful. And all that snow looked like an old-fashioned Christmas card. Tomorrow we'll be in Palm Springs, California for Circus Week, and the weather forecast is clear and sunny, the temperature in the 90s. What a gruesome thought. Thanks again for the privilege of meeting so many of you in person. Good luck to the Cleveland Indians, and good night, ladies and gentlemen. Please send your questions and comments to host at classiccomedyotr.com. Come back next Wednesday for another episode of The Bob Hope Show and check in on Friday for the next installment of The Life of Riley. Until we meet again, in the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are not done by impulse, but by a series of small things brought together. <laughs>